Stop me if you heard if you heard this before, but the Arizona Coyotes have lost again thanks to a second period collapse to the St. Louis Blues. We're going to discuss that game, what happened, and uh, other things Arizona Coyotes plus arena news. We got some new stuff to talk about regarding the Arizona Coyotes arena situation. All on today's episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlik on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We are discussing a a loss on this game. Arizona Coyotes uh, lose. Was it five to one? Just saying, five to one. lose. Mm-hmm. And based based off what you heard me say at the in this in the open, Carl, Coyotes lose again on a second period collapse like what like is this ever just not gonna be the case i mean probably next season there'll be fewer second period collapses but we are 70 games in at this point we know what the coyotes are the coyotes are the second period collapse Uh, they will continue to be the second period collapse they will eventually perfect the second period collapse i am preparing an article detailing all of the second period collapses because they are very, very much a constant in this season of the Arizona Coyotes. It's it's getting to this point where it's frustrating. You know, like, even though you expect it at this point, you're just like, like, really? Really yeah. going to do this again? I mean, honestly, the biggest thing for me uh, wasn't the collapse because as you can tell listeners i am very much used to the collapse but in the third period schmaltz gets an early goal like so the coyotes are down by three and like at this point you just realize oh they they do not have the pieces to come back like this is the coyotes playing without clayton keller against the st louis blues like that's horrifying it's like the strategy for the Coyotes when playing the Blues is just get the puck to Keller. There's also no Lawson Kraus, no Jacob Chikrin. Like this team has come back from collapses before, and they just are out of personnel to do that. This team, like the team to begin with, is like you know is already you know isn't a strong personnel team. Yeah, and you lose your top, you know. No, three of your top five players. That's that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, and look at this team. They are more Tucson Roadrunners than Arizona Coyotes at this point. Although, I have to say, the rookies have been playing extremely well uh, and stepping up in ways that I did not expect them to do. Like, that is the the one kind of bright spot about all this we get to be like oh hey look at who is progressing well uh like cam Deneen and dyson mayo i did not think would be like 
as far ahead as they are at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean those those two players or players I did not expect to hear come preseason is like, oh, these guys, these two players are going to be you know performers. Yeah, for the Arizona Coyotes, I was going to say performers for the Tucson Roadrunners, absolutely. But sure, for the Arizona Coyotes, what? <laughs> and I mean. It's it's not a stat that really has any kind of relevance, but Cam Deneen was the only defenseman with a positive plus minus. Uh, it doesn't mean much, but it kind of means something. Like it it shows that you know the they're at least doing their best. They're staying engaged. They are not checked out, which is absolutely what you want to see from your younger players like the players who are going to be like auditioning for a spot and next year's training camp like you want them to be engaged at this point in the season even though they're losing i mean especially because you know some of the uh some of the veterans um like are on also on contract years and probably not going to return you know like um we like like you know that what the uh, Beagle, Erickson, and uh, Roussel, they're and not returning, they're not returning. Phil Kessel's um, not returning. Phil Kessel's uh, not returning, that's for darn sure. Um, yeah. he is going to, although maybe to keep that record going, he will find he a is, team that cares more about that than anything else. Keith Yandel, he is coming for your record. Watch it, <laughs> and, and honestly, like. If there was a team that could absorb Phil Kessel every single game because the games aren't going to matter, it's probably the Coyotes. Yeah, but at the same time, Phil Kessel's got, like, still... Pride? Uh... Well, not, pride not the pride, but it was like, he's, he's still got gas in the tank to perform. Sure. So he can be a valuable asset to some team that maybe wants to compete like on a fringe. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's just like after seeing like Yandel get scratched by the, the flyers, I I do kind of wonder like what Kessel is thinking in this moment. If he, if he is looking to go after that solo record, all he, which... need, all he needs to do is what play out the end to the end of this year. And then like play like what? 10 12 uh, more games i think so it's a very small number yeah like he's like he's gonna want it i know he's gonna want it he's that freaking close to yandel um yeah. we shall see uh i i don't know like i i kind of wonder like if he may have been like a little bit shook by the trade deadline um, but, uh, here's rooting for him. Uh, but going back to our original point, like there are those players who are not, you don't need them to necessarily be as engaged because they're going to be gone anyways. You need the players who are going to stick around like everyone in the road runners, uh, the younger players, Keller, Schmaltz, Chikrin, you need them to be engaged. And yeah, because they are the they are part of the future of this team, right? They are the core of uh, around which Bill Armstrong is rebuilding this team. 
Yes. You need a core, a few core players, and those that you named are those players. Yes, and Lawson Kraus. Uh, I feel like I I have recognized that I am not talking about Lawson Kraus as much because he was injured just before Keller, and I saw Keller get injured in person, so it's very different. It like stands out, and so I'm trying to just throw out that yes, Lawson Kraus is also out. He is a key part of this team. And people, including myself, are not drawing enough attention to how big a hole he is leaving. Absolutely. And again, as I, as I, as as you're saying, like you know, you have three of your top five players out with injury. Like, yeah, that's gonna make a a huge difference in this game. And you know, a major reason why the Arizona Coyotes lost five to one. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We still got more to get to though on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We're going to discuss more about this game, a couple of other breakdowns, some things, some other things to uh, to look out for, uh, as well as some arena news coming up in just a little bit. But first, a quick word from Carl. So I have a message from our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest sports development, including this week's Masters Championship, as well as odds, podcasts, and reviews of all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Uh, On the preview for the game today, I said that you should probably look to bet the under. And what do you know? Finished at six. Bet online had the over under at six and a half. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. So, back here on Lockdown Coyotes, once again, Robin Leonio and Carl Pavlik. I want to thank everyone for making Lockdown Coyotes your first listen of the day. We're freely available on all platforms. Couple other things that I want to point out, you know, contributing things to the Arizona Coyotes losing this game five to one, the final score in St. Louis. And I hate to put put this player's name on blast, mainly because like, is it entirely his fault? No, because again, the talent in front. But you know, you're gonna throw Ivan Prosbatov to the Wolves again. You know? Of course, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a problem. Yeah, uh, I do kind of wonder if if Tournier thought that it would be as bad as it was. Uh, and all the credit to him in the world. I thought Prosperov had a great like first period. Uh, and there honestly wasn't too much he could do with any of the of the goals. Like there's like if you look at the St. Louis Blues goal, goals, like all of them were from players who have gotten 20 goals this season. Like this wasn't him letting in like an easy goal from like a third pairing defenseman. Yeah, that's exactly the case. And like it, uh, you know, so you got to give, you got, you do have to give him credit and to, to, to some extent, but again, like, you know, you don't give him the best matchup to succeed. It's not going <laughs> to, I, I do kind of wonder though, like, do you put him against the Chicago Blackhawks? Because like, they do also have like a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, yeah. The, the guys are playing what Vancouver next. Maybe, maybe start him against Vancouver. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Because they, they 
they still got to figure out how all the skull tending is going to work, right? Because they still got to wait until to figure out what's you know what's what's going on with uh, blank on his name right now. It's a Terry. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe last I saw for that is he's going to like they want to have him like practice for like a week. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, understandable. And probably the reason why they, you know, they were called Prospetov and assigned Kozhenosh because for some reason the Arizona Coyotes organization doesn't trust Kozhenosh. It's just yeah. really interesting because, like, he's proven somewhat in the AHL when he was playing for the Barracuda, but, like, they just don't want to play him. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting to see. Um we we're we're definitely gonna wanna talk about this like when we do like the the wrap up after the season because like Vimelka got some starts, uh a pretty consistent start streak that was weird. Uh, I don't know, because like for a while it seemed like you know the season first started, Kojanosh was gonna be thus backup. So like they didn't think Vimelka was gonna do it. Uh so I, I Things have really seemed to change. I do not expect him to be with the organization much longer, though. Well, the Kozhenosh addition to the team was really only to uh, fill the goal, the goaltender slot for the uh, expansion. For the draft. Yes, I forgot about the expansion draft. Uh so much has happened since this. Uh, I know. It feels so long since then. Like, really? Yeah. And it, and it hasn't even been a full season, but but it, it just feels like an eternity. I don't know if it's the rebuild or just everything in general. Maybe. maybe I, th- I mean, this season's been long for us. It yeah. has been. You know, I think covering a rebuilding team doing a daily podcast on a rebuilding team is freaking miserable. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. It's not great. Um, <laughs> but we try to make light as, as much as we can, because I know that you fans are also miserable. Yeah. So we want to make sure that you guys, that we take the misery and you can let you guys bask in some fun. Yeah. And, and we have always tried to like, look on the bright spots. Uh, and let's go with one. Nick Ritchie had a point. Uh, he has been just a phenomenal addition. Uh, Lubushkin is doing extremely well in Toronto. So, like, this seems like a trade that worked out really well for both parties. So, hey, everyone gets to be happy. That Yeah, that Ritchie trade was, um, like, there was a lot of question marks at first. Because, again, a lot of us didn't really know how he would pan out. It's like, yeah, is he really a fit? Whatever, we don't know. There was a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, even some some of our you know listeners, they were even kind of respond responding like, "Do you really think he can fit into that void, or whatever, and, fit, and fill that kind of role?" And we're like, "And like, eh, maybe." And he's he's doing well. I mean, like we've discussed all season, like it's it's really up to the player. Like, if you have the drive to do it, then the Coyotes are the opportunity for you. Yeah, because everyone in the Coyotes has something to prove. Yeah, they do. It's the most important part of this Coyotes rebuild year. Um, next year, 
less it'll be it'll, will still be somewhat the same message because yeah. you know they're still rebuilding it's not going to be uh as miserable as this year but yeah it, it it'll also be kind of interesting because you know clayton keller isn't going to have anything to prove for like the first time in his career i would say Coming like, off a pretty good year, um, you know, making value of his contract and still has like how, how many years <laughs> on that? Like, uh, he still has, according to Cap Friendly, oh, uh, six more years left. Six more years left. <laughs> this so, is the second year of a eight year contract. Oh man, oh John Chica. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, it. It didn't take long for it to really pay off, which is kind of how I thought the contract was going to be. Like I honestly expected like this, like three years down the line for Keller. He is just advancing very well, and like he's probably the only player on the team who is just going to be able to walk in and be like. No, I am like, I have, you have the correct expectations for me. Question for you before we go to break. Um, do you make Keller captain? No. Um, I don't necessarily think so i don't know how keller is in the room um but he is going to be recovering from a leg injury um so maybe don't put too too much on his plate that's fair yeah Uh, um to follow up do they name a captain next year i also think no probably not because i would say the two players who kind of look to be the best candidates for captain are Kraus and Keller. And I do think that they're both pretty young and not necessarily something that you want to throw on them. That's fair. That's fair. I guess only time will tell though. Right. Because again, you know, like, um, you know, a team can name, like how long did it take for Vegas to finally name their first captain? I don't know. And it does seem to be like there's a lot more teams now that are comfortable doing like three or four rotating alternate captains. And I'm not the biggest fan of that, but I am always fascinated with what people think the captain should be in the NHL because like everyone has a wildly different interpretation of that. Uh, so I can understand you wanting to have like. A, a specific person. I personally like like delegating that responsibility. And I think, I mean, I do think, of course, you know, having the A patch is also incredibly important on the team. Yeah. Although I do think that there should be, you know, a person to see that you know a player can look for, to, can look up to um, at any given point in the year because it's a that because that's a. That's a matter of consistency, right? You got some someone wearing it all year versus, yeah. you know, for example, two two people wearing the A's in home games, two people wearing the A's in away games. Like it doesn't 
Right. Yeah. But, I mean, we have gotten to see, like, a more consistency in the in the A's, at least. It is less of a rotating thing. Like, they kind of settled on, like, key players who are that. But, no. And I also agree that, you know, like, there is something to having, like, the one person who you know to look forward to. And that's why, like, everyone always, like, puts Shane Doan on a pedestal because from all like reports, he was that guy both on the ice and off the ice that you could talk to and go to if you needed help. Exactly. That's the role of a captain in the National Hockey League. Anyways, we still got more to get to on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We're going to move from the game and discuss arena news. Interesting arena news that you might want to know for the Arizona Coyotes. That coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure off pointless or seeming intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Well, wait, but the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Head on over to Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Because I want to tell you that their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. We encourage everyone to just to really check out Rock Auto and see what fits their car because again it, you can just put on their on their website what your car is and it will tell you everything that you that could possibly fit your car so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and while you're there right locked on and how did you hear about us box say so you know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so let's finish things off with this episode of Lockdown Coyotes as we discuss arena news. Yep. An update. It's been two months since the last time we had an update for you. And that two months ago was when they announced that they will be moving the Tempe, but in the ASU arena. I can't believe yep. that's two months ago already. Yeah. Um, but the latest news. Um, first reported by PHNX, but if you take a look, it's, you know, it's, you know, pretty public information based off of the city of Tempe website is city council will be having an executive session this Thursday and this executive session not open to the public. So it's just these city council members sitting down and having a pretty bulky discussion of this proposal for the arena. On Rio Salado. Yeah. Uh, the PHNX story does note that this will be their first opportunity to view detailed information on the project, possibly including airport, traffic, noise, and sports gambling impact studies, plus the financing and tax revenue and job creation projections. A lot of really solid information that you're going to need to know if you are a city council member looking to vote on whether or not to accept this project. And absolutely. And it wouldn't surprise me, though, if this executive session gets the um, probably going to take, you know, the majority of that afternoon on Thursday. Um, yeah. It's going to be a lengthy discussion. And by that point, by the time it's done, 
it wouldn't surprise me if the majority of city council already has a decision on their head before the public gets to decide. Yeah. I mean, I, let's just say this, like, unless there's something like super shocking in any of the like forms that they're disclosing, like, I, I don't necessarily seeing it swaying the people too, too much. Uh, Craig Morgan did tweet out that he feels more confident in it passing. Um, and I'm genuinely inclined to agree. He seems really cued in on this one, but it'll definitely be kind of interesting to see. But yeah, uh, I would be curious what exactly they're going to be showing. It will be interesting. Um, again, all like you know, the whole timeline of it all. Um, I think after this session is when they can decide, and you know, on uh, on the rest of the timeline again, and when they decide to open it up to to uh, public hearings and then the final decision for votes. This very well could happen within this month. Because I, th- if I'm not mistaken, call. I think they want to decide before the elections i mean i think so um there's you know i've been writing and talking about the coyotes and arena problems with the coyotes for over a decade now so i never want to say like things are going to happen quick because i think the last time i said that it took another three years for the team to be sold um but yeah, if if they want to move forward, like they could easily move forward quickly. And I'm sure the Coyotes would love for that to happen. A big point of concern and topic of you know debate is like, well, you can't really call the ASU arena a temporary arena until you have your full arena. And if they can get that approved, that is going to signify temporary. And they want that label attached to that. They want that label attached to it. And I think the rest of the league wants that label attached because they know that um, things won't be sustainable long-term at ASU. So they're like, all right, let's look at this proposal. It looks pretty good. It looks promising. Like, there's so many good things that are potentially out of it. Um, But again... Going back, you know, kind of to what we were saying a few months ago, this arena in itself, you know, this proposal and everything like this would benefit the Coyotes in so way because here's the biggest thing. It will get those Quebec people and those Houston people off our asses even longer. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know... We talked about it in uh, the special episode this week. There was a lot of chatter online. Uh, anytime there's a, anything that happens with the Coyotes, it just goes back to the arena just, situation. And oh, not only that, they're just like, oh, just delete the Coyotes franchise. Like, there's like, yeah. it's like they're they're. I'm just like, what does the franchise have to do with like it? <laughs> Uh, uh yeah it you'll hear that conversation on our bonus episode also posted today if you haven't already um but it's i yeah it's it's a whole thing and this goes a long way to hopefully 
like at least giving us like a clear timetable for when everything will be finalized and shovels could get into the dirt, which is what we really want to see. Exactly. Shovels get into the dirt and have, you know, you know, the eventual proof, even more proof. Obviously we were, you know, you and I already know this, that hockey belongs here in Arizona. Yep. Um, And this will prove to everybody else that it does. Absolutely. And speaking of hockey belonging in Arizona, tomorrow we have a special episode that's going to be published for you guys. We are um, continuing our Grow the Game series. We're going to be highlighting people and organizations dedicated to growing the game of hockey in Arizona. Um, Because, again, hockey belongs here in Arizona. Our next episode, our next guest is the founder and CEO of Arizona's new LGBTQ plus hockey league. It's exciting conversation. Um, You guys will definitely want to hear it. Absolutely. It was uh, fun to talk and uh, I'm sure everyone will enjoy listening to it. Absolutely. Anyways, though. That is it for this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you get to already. We're available anywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lockdown Coyotes, on Instagram at Lockdown Coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. Don't forget to interact with us with us personally. We're at, at I'm at underscore at Robin underscore Leonio, Carl Pavlik is at Carl Pavlik FFH. You can interact with us, ask us a question, and we can answer right back or on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you're staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.